the term of life. Yeah, it's torch bear. I'm the torch bear. Bloody light. Man, you give yourself some cool names, man. <laughs> Come up with mine. What's my title? I think the pastor's okay, but torch bear sounds way better. <laughs> Oh man! You know what I'm really excited about the new, like the phase two of the space is not to be cramped up here. And thank goodness, like, and no one ever sits up here, which is fine. I'm, you guys can sit up here. Please understand, anyone is welcome to sit up here. Just know, you're not going to sit here now. I'm going to say this, but I'm so like, I just feel like you're just staring at my butt the whole time. I'm just, I don't want. I want more space. Like, if you notice the last space when I'd preach, I'd like, I'd push, I'd, we'd take out a row. Like, how can we get, like, can I get 15 feet between me and, you know, <laughs> it's not because you stink, it's just because you don't want to be that close. I also need, like, another thing. It's okay, my Bible can stay down there. You guys doing good? Yeah? yeah? So I have another joke. <laughs> Some of them are so bad. <laughs> I just can't, I can't even bring myself to even say them because they're so, like, just so corny. But this one's actually pretty good. So those of you that don't know, like I, I started to tell a joke last week and it got some laughs. It just it helps ease the atmosphere. Like this is like we're all cramped in this room, okay? We gotta have some type of like, and then we're gonna talk about money. So we can have a little bit of we can have a little bit of fun. You just never said church can't be fun. We've said that. I don't know why, but okay. So a Sunday school teacher had just concluded her lesson and wanted to make sure she had made her point. She said, "Can anyone tell me?" What you must do before you can obtain forgiveness of sin. There was a short pause, and then from the back of the room, a small boy spoke up. Sin, he said. Oh, just drop. Get it? (laughs) (laughs) What do you have to do to be forgiven of sin? Well, you got to sin first. (laughs) Poor Sunday school. Poor Sunday school teacher. Yeah, I know. We do. We need, yeah, we need like we need like a button over there. Just when it drops. Anyways, okay, whatever. All right, keep moving on. So we are continuing our series through uh, through Proverbs and stuff. Um, we are. What is this week eight? Wow, this is week eight. This is this is week eight of going through Proverbs and stuff like that. We're on chapter three. Cool. So um, I, we're not going to make it. I, I I I made sure to say this at the beginning. We're not going to make it all the way through. That's guaranteed. We're not going to make it. We're not even going to make it probably to chapter five. So if anyone has hopes of going, you can read on your own. But today um, I wanted to continue on walking. I'm going to step on my Bible if I leave it down here. Don't do that. Give me my Bible. I want to forget it's back there too. Um, but I wanted to keep walking through Proverbs 3, verses 1 and 3. We've been talking about that like for a while, right? Three or four weeks now. Um, and there's just so much packed inside of Proverbs 3, 1 through 12. And because I was talking about last week, it goes from us looking at what's wise for our life just in general, right? To actually what's wise for us to do and we're actually reacting to God and we're, we're living this life towards Him. Right? And that's what we're doing. We're not, we're not going through Proverbs just so we can see like, hey, like how can I make less stupid decisions in my life? It's helpful for that. It really is. There's some really good wisdom on, hey, this is how you should like treat people around you. This is how you should love people. Like it's really good stuff. If you if you don't want to follow Jesus yet still take principles out of out of Proverbs, 100% can. It'll, it'll actually it'll benefit your life. It'll bless your life. But we're also we're looking at this like, okay, God, like how am I supposed to actually relate to you? How am I supposed to like make this thing work with you? Like what are some wise things that we can do in our in our like in our spiritual lives like towards Him, right? <coughs> 
Um, and so, uh, before we get too deep into that, because I told you we're going to talk about money and stuff like that, and mostly we're just going to talk about generosity, like what that looks like, why it's important, um, like what God says about it and stuff like that. Um, and some of the things, like when I was reading through this and stuff, I was thinking of some of the news stories I had seen recently um, about generosity and like, because everybody likes hearing like a, a story about a generous person, right? You read those stories, like this one that was on here, um, this guy in Florida heard that there was nine schools where all these kids like didn't have any lunch money. And so the kids, they were getting to eat lunch, but they were, is eat, like, it was like American cheese sandwiches on white bread. Okay, that's just not, a, that's not a lunch. Okay, and these kids, like, kids don't, they can't make money. It wasn't the kids' fault that they didn't have any money. It was, you know, stuff was going on at home and stuff like that. And so, and these were at-risk kids already. And so the guy found out that there was, I don't know, it was like 400 students in, amongst these nine schools that, that had not paid anything and they had a debt. And they, so they couldn't actually get regular lunch until that debt was paid. Um, and so he actually went and found out how much each one, each one owed and paid it off. Right? Like those stories, like how can you not feel good about that? Like that, it, was, and it wasn't even that much money. The guy only spent like 500 bucks. It wasn't like it was crazy. Um, but he, he did a good thing and everybody's like, oh, that's nice. Right? We like, we, we, we partner with that stuff. When someone does something like that, it's like, man, that feels really good. And we didn't even do it. Um, I think about the waitresses. Like, you read these stories and stuff like that um, about, uh, you know, this family will be, like, have a waitress and she's a, they find out she's a single mom, like, trying to get through school and stuff like that. And so they leave a $1,000 tip. Right? Mm. Like, those are, like, some of this, this is, like, life-changing stuff, yeah. right? I mean, can you imagine being the person that received a $1,000 tip just because someone, like, decided to be gracious to you? You know? If, you, if that's any of you, let me know, and I'll, uh, I'll go visit where you, where you serve. Um, I'll tell you my story. Joking. Joking, I wouldn't do that. What's another one? Man, there was one more that was really on my heart. It was the, it was the, the guy that did that for the school, the tipping the waitress. Oh, man, there's another one that's really going to bother me. Oh, 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 I, I actually have it written down because I knew I'd forget. Um, when you go to Starbucks, you ever go to Starbucks and they hit someone in front of you pay for your stuff? Oh, come on, like all the time. Tiffany, you were telling me about the one at, at Brouhaha, right? Was the guy, someone drops off like $100 there every once in a while and they, it's like a pay, they pay for everybody's drinks like for a certain time and people get to pay it for it and kind of keep it going. Mm -hmm. Really neat, like, it's the, that's small. Like, it's not even like big. Like to pay for someone's drink behind you or to say, hey, I want you to pay for everybody's coffee this morning, 100 bucks. what? It's gone, you know what I mean? Or 10 bucks, you know what I mean? It's just done. But man, like the impact of that like makes you feel so good. Actually, we lived on the south side of South Bend and there's a Starbucks right there by Target. And it was like, if you went, and we went all the time. So if you went, bless you, if you went um, at least three out of five days during the week, you were most likely going to get your drink paid for. It was just continuous. They just, they really did a really good job. Um, we really liked it. And of course we paid for people behind us and stuff like that. But it's just really neat to be a part of it and feel like you're actually like, I don't know, you can make a difference in someone's day. And like, you're, it's, a sm it's a small stuff, right? It's not, a lot of times when you talk about generosity, everybody thinks like, I can't give like four grand to this thing. Don't give, if you can't, then don't. But what can you do? Can you do a buck? Can you do like three bucks to pay for someone's drink? How can you, what can you do to actually benefit like someone's day or benefit society? You know, like generosity has to be, it has to be part of our life. We can't make any excuses for this thing. I'm going to read the, we're just going to go, we'll, we'll go ahead and read Proverbs 3, 1 through 12. It'll be on the screen. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart 
So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make you straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. This is what we're going to focus on today. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first, fruit, first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him who he, whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. Jesus, right now, please just be with this message, God. Help us just to mine out the gold that you've buried um, in, the, in that verse, God, in those scriptures, Lord. We just want to hear from you directly. We want to know, um, we want to know what revelation you have for us about this, God. Where do, we, where do we need to deal with this stuff in our life, God? What are our next steps? How, how, do we, how can we continuously move towards you, Jesus? In your name, amen. So this thing with, with generosity and stuff like that, talking about God, like honor, honor the Lord with your wealth and stuff. Generosity is like, it's, it's just, it's what happens, right? This is like, this is what Christians do. Like there's no way to, to, to follow Jesus and generosity actually not be part of your life. Okay? And that looks like, and that looks like a, a multitude of things. That doesn't just look like money. Okay? It looks like your time. It looks like your, um, like, you know, ha- like your, like what you do mentally and stuff like that. Are you being generous with people around you just with like your mental time, your emotional time? Because you understand we have, all of us have like, we have gauges, right? Just because you can give time doesn't mean you can actually give emotional time. Like it's all of these things. Every aspect of our life we're actually called to be generous in. Not to be foolish generous, right? Because we're still going wise here, right? It's not about like, it's not so you can just give absolutely everything you've ever had and drain yourself. Right? That's actually not a principle Jesus taught. Jesus actually taught the exact opposite because Jesus would go out, give a whole bunch away, and then, and then say, no, I'm not going to do anymore, and go fill himself up. Right? Jesus set boundaries. Jesus set limits. If Jesus gets to set limits, we for sure get to set limits. Right? Even bigger limits than what Jesus did. Okay? But not to a foolish side where you're just trying to, you're just making your life about yourself and not wanting to give away anything that you have. Right? There's just, it's, a, it's a really, it's a really uh, delicate balance there. And that's just the kingdom, right? The, Jesus is, is totally in the midst of tension, right? He's not on this side. He's not on this side. He's right here in the middle. And it's like, we're constantly trying to like find that balancing point. Because either way we go, we're actually not walking with him, right? But generosity is something that we've inherited. In Matthew 10, uh, Jesus said, freely you've been given, so freely give, right? Like, did you have to pay anything in order to like become a follower of Jesus? Not that, I mean, well, I mean, you had to give your life, right? You said, Lord, you submitted your life. You said, God, I don't want to, I don't want to do this thing on my, own, my, on my own anymore. I'll give you my life. I'll trust you. I'll follow you. But it actually, like, it was, it was a free gift that he, it's not like we begged him and, and he, like, just kind of caved. He, that, was, that was an idea he came up with. He said, hey, if you want me, you can have me. All you got to do is just submit to me, right? It was a free gift. And he said, freely you've been given. This is the kingdom. You have been given something freely. You can take advantage of it. All I ask is that in return, you freely give to others as well, right? It's something, it's inheritance. It's what we've been left with. It's the gospel, And like I was saying, like there's there's much more to um, to do because when it's talking, you know, when we think about wealth and stuff, it says honor the Lord with your wealth, like honor the Lord with everything you have, all aspects. But this this verse in particular is not dealing with our emotional time, our our physical time, like our mental time, right? It's actually talking about money. I know it doesn't say money directly, but it's saying the first fruits of your crops, 
Okay, let's go back 2,000 years. Okay, you don't have a lot of tangible, physical cash money, not a debit card, you know what I mean? You don't have any of that stuff. What were they doing? They were trading, they were bartering, they were, they were you know, cro crops and stuff like that that would come in, they would take and they would trade for other, other things, right? Like crops and meats and um, fruits and stuff like that, all that was, it was, that acted as currency. That wasn't just, it wasn't just stuff they sold for currency, it actually acted as currency. Okay, so when, when he's saying, hey, give you your first fruits, like of your crops and everything like that, it's saying like, hey, give that money you just took in, so you just went out and spent however long harvesting, like all this stuff, um, give, give God back a portion of that, because he's the one that gave it to you, right? And I think it's important to understand, like as we're talking about this stuff, like how we actually handle our, our, our financial resources, okay, so that, that's what we're focusing on today is financial resources, we're not talking about the mental or the, or the emotional stuff. We've, we've talked about that plenty, we'll, we'll jump back on. Because um, a lot of times, you know, the money stuff we stray away from, we don't talk about it. You know, because no one wants to talk about it. Even me, like this week, I've been like, I've been nervous, like I've had anxiety about talking about it because I don't want anybody to like, and my biggest thing is I don't want to talk about money and anybody walk away feeling guilt or shame that they, they, they're, they're not doing enough. Because God's actually not, God's not about that. God's not about the shame, guilt and shame thing. Like, we get enough of that from ourselves and Satan. He doesn't have to use that. Like, he, he draws us in through love. And so, if, if anything, I want you guys to be inspired, like, by this stuff to, for us to look at and go, okay, how can my life, how can I gear my life towards being generous to God? How can I get this thing, this thing figured out? That way I can actually do the things I know God's calling me to do. Right? But how we, how we handle our finances and our money, it actually matters because, um, because money matters. You guys know that? Like money actually, it, it actually changes things. There's, there's a lot of, but like there's a lot of stuff. Um, I think we go, we go through life thinking that thoughts and prayers are just going to, are going to fix everything. It doesn't. Is that you? Is that your droids stuff? That's stuff it's, out it's the money Get thing. your droids out of here. <laughs> it's the money thing. <laughs> the last time it went off. When, when was that, oh, on money? money? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Your phone's like, oh. That's why I didn't wear a cup. <laughs> Oh, you knew exactly what it is. <laughs> well, that's hilarious. I think a lot of times we think that um, that money, like this, the issues of the world will be solved. Oh, my thoughts and prayers are with you. Well, I'm sorry, like the starving children in Africa and stuff like that, they don't just need thoughts and prayers, they need money. Because stuff costs money, right? Um, and it's not, I'm not saying that money is the answer to everything. I'm just saying you can't, like, you can't omit it out of, this, of, the, of the equation. It's, it's, part of the, it's part of the deal. We all, like, all of us work and we get a paycheck, right? And all of us spend money. And yet we go around thinking that money doesn't actually, no, money is like, money's bad or money doesn't have anything to do with this. Well, it's 100% part of your life. Why, where's the disconnect? We've all heard the verse, right? We've all heard the verse, um, money is the root of all evil, right? That's a verse in the Bible, right? That's not a verse. No. That, doesn't, that doesn't exist. Yeah, love. <laughs> but isn't that funny how like I grew up hearing that? My grand my grandma told me that all the time. Love the the money is the root of all evil. My mom would say that stuff. Of course, she was out buying all kinds of stuff. Like, okay, what is that? So she's telling me that's the root of evil. Yet we're spending all this money. Like, are we evil? Like, what is going on? And so she like and like all this stuff. Like hearing it, and it's just it's just one of those things that if if you if you've never heard someone preach on that actual verse, if you've never read it, and you just take it for for what like at face value culturally, that's what like Americans, United States, that's what we think of. Money is the root of all evil. Yet we continue down, we just love the money, so I don't understand, there's some weird psychic stuff, that, like not psychic, but you know, psychology that kind of goes in on that. But the verse actually says, 
1 Timothy 6.10, in case you ever need to reference it. For the love of money is a, is a root, not even the root, which all of us know that one, right? No, it's not, it's not, the money is not evil. It's, it's the root. It's not even the root. It's a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from their faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Do you know why, like, this stuff's evil? Like, do you know why, like, the pursuit of money is evil? Like, anybody ever question that? Like, you ever wonder, like, why does God think things are evil? Like, kind of go back and forth. Because, right, but it hurts his kids. Because when you pursue that stuff and you stop pursuing him, you're putting all your faith in money, and it doesn't actually give you anything, any life. Right? All it does is cost you. It costs you more. They have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. It doesn't say that God pierced them. It's not like God came against them because they were like trusting money. They, they completely brought all this stuff on themselves because they started trusting like what they could do with their own finances more than they trusted him. There's a problem with that, though, because our, our resources are finite, right? They eventually run out. You ever tried to like buy someone back from the dead? You know what I mean? You ever tried to buy someone's love? I mean, some people do, and it's really sad. You know, like you ever try to buy um, like a, a, a fixed relationship with your spouse? Can't spend enough money in the world to fix a relationship with your spouse, right? I mean, you can do things that could help, but you can't. It's not a transaction. And so people they treat life like it's some transaction. When God's not interested in transaction, He's interested in relationship. He's interested in healing. Right. I'm getting so far off. It's good. Well, good. I'm glad it's good. <laughs> it's not. It's not what I've said that I'm worried about. It's how I'm transitioning into the next one. That I'm like, oh. I think it's important that we talk about, um, like, Jesus wasn't resistant to money. Because I, I think we, yeah, I want to really kind of push out that, like, Christian subculture thing where we think that money is evil and that it's just bad and we're just, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where that comes from because it doesn't make any sense because I don't see anybody, unless they're living in impoverished conditions, I don't really see anybody living out that life to its fullest. Um, but Jesus actually wasn't against money. Okay? Anybody know what Judas did? He's a treasurer. You know what I mean? Broke people have treasurers. You know what I mean? Especially in this day. Like, why did Jesus need a treasurer? Because he had money. Okay? And that's not, that's not a dirty thing. That's not bad. Of course, why wouldn't Jesus have money? If Jesus was alive today, I'd totally throw Jesus some money. The guy was healing people. He was doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I would absolutely bring everything I could to him. You had the lady who brought the alabaster jar of perfume and laid it at his feet. That was worth a whole year's wages. Right? That's money. That's a, that's, that is significant. And the, the disciples were mad that she wasted it on him. Right? And then we get all bent out of shape because we think like money's supposed to be spent in a certain way. When Jesus allowed someone to spend a whole year's wages to be poured on his feet when that could have fed how many people? Right? We've got to get out of this. I'm not saying that we need to like just go spend money and not take care of the poor. We absolutely need to have our eyes focused on the poor. But it's not as black and white as what we try to make this thing. But Jesus had a treasurer when, uh, um, I'm pretty sure, correct me, Adam Jared, correct me if I'm wrong, because this is off the spot. So when Jesus was asked um, if he should, if paying taxes was, was okay, 
because the Pharisees and stuff were trying to trap him, right? And, like, was it okay to pay taxes to the Roman government, which totally denied, like, that God was the all, like, at the top. They said that the Roman emperor was at the top. Like, he was God, okay? So they were asking Jesus, is it right that we should pay taxes? And Jesus pulls out a coin. Where's the fish, though? Jesus, there's a, there's a fish that comes up. Do you remember the story? I'm, I'm scared I'm getting it confused. What's the, what's the line? It's not that one. No, what's the other thing? Keep going. What is that one though? What is the one with the, the fish? What is he? The what's the context? He sent, he sent some of the temple tax, or they were asking about the temple tax, and he sent him to go pull the fish out, and he pulled the coin out of the fish's mouth. Yes. Okay. That's, yeah. Yep. Was... I don't even have to repeat it now because you've already. <laughs> <laughs> but Jesus, Jesus wasn't worried about money because he was pulling gold coins out of fish's mouth. That's the point of that. Okay. <laughs> like it's not. It wasn't some dirty thing. Like he just wasn't. He wasn't consumed by it. He knew where his, he knew where his wealth was. He knew that the kingdom. He knew that the kingdom had infinite wealth, and so he could just go to a fish and pluck out a gold coin. Right. He wasn't worried about it. We got to think about what the wise men. It wasn't three wise men. We talked about it last year, right? It wasn't just three guys. It was a whole like. I was going to say horde. I'm thinking of like zombies. My gosh, a whole, a whole bunch, a whole bunch of of guys brought him gifts, and they brought gifts, frankincense and myrrh, and these things that they brought. These were not cheap things. These were very expensive. What happened to all that stuff? You know what I mean? Like it, it, it was probably like kept and stuff like that. They didn't just use it all in here. They were, they were impoverished themselves. And so, like, Jesus, Jesus had resources. Jesus was not just this, like, real broken guy that we, we always think of. We, you don't see that in there. You don't see Jesus was impoverished. We have just, like, we have put this middle image on him. This is how Jesus was. Jesus' cloak was made out of one, like, one garment. It didn't have, it didn't have to even have, a, um, what's the word, seams. That is not cheap. That was an expensive garment. Right? Jesus had stuff. But Jesus wasn't consumed by the stuff. Yeah. I think it's important, too, because we're not just talking about, um, about giving things away. We're not talking about just being generous, okay, because that's a part of it, okay? We need to honor the Lord with our wealth, okay? We actually need to, like, we understand that God has given us amazing things, I'm an amazing blessing, especially in this country, right? Even, even the poorest among us have way more resources than most people in the whole world, okay? We have wealth, whether we see it or not. But it's not just about what we give away, it's what we manage. It's how we actually deal with the wealth that we have, okay? So that's why, that's why when we talk, things, talk about things like um, getting in a budget, okay? And, and understanding where your money is going and telling it where to go versus living this, this lifestyle that's so day-to-day -day or so month-to-month -month or so Friday-to-Friday -Friday that literally you, can't, you couldn't even possibly think about giving any money away because like, your life is, in, is trapped by, by what you've been earning, right? Like managing this stuff is just as important as, as us like, actually giving away. It's actually even more important because you, if, you, if you don't have anything to give, you can't give. You can try, and I know I know there's people, they give monthly, they'll give monthly, and they'll give God um, two or three hundred bucks a month. But you know what? They're putting on a credit card because they can't afford it. I'm sorry, that's not like, you're missing it. That's not an offering. You're putting, and he doesn't want that for your kids. He doesn't want that for his kids. It's not about, like, it's not about the, like, legality of, like, make sure this happens or else I won't love you. 
He's wanting us to give out of our abundance, the abundance that he's giving. And he gives us an abundance of wisdom. And he gives us an abundance of time. We actually have to just choose to use it. Right? Because there's ways to make this thing work. There's ways to make our budgets work. There's ways to cut things out. There's ways not to buy brand new vehicles. There's ways not to buy houses that we can't afford. Right? There's ways not to spend, you know, 30 bucks at Starbucks each week. Or Culver's. Stinking Niles and their Culver's. I know, I do too. Cheetos. Well, okay, that was the... I like Culver's. Thankfully, I'm not, I'm not eating ice cream. That's not, that'd be the problem. It is too sweet. Gosh. But, you know, we have, these, we have all these resources. We just have to use them. And we have to make it a priority. Okay, and that's, that's what most of us... If anyone falls into, like, I just can't figure out my budget. No, no, no. It's not that you can't figure out your budget. It's just not a priority. Right? But like money is like at such the core of our life, at such at the foundation, like money makes or breaks us a lot of times. You know that? Like you want to you want to see a marriage that's headed for divorce? Look at their money issues. Okay? That's what most divorces are, it's fighting over money. Because money, like lack of money brings total insecurity. It's so true. hundred percent, right? You wanna feel insecure, you wanna you wanna feel completely insecure, feel like you're going broke and then you're gonna lose your house. And then try to have a relationship with, with the person. Okay? And then both insecurities are just buttonheads. Right? This thing is important. And I'm not saying money should be at the center of us. I'm just saying it is at the center of our lives because that's how we transact everything. That's how we buy food. That's how we pay our bills. Right? How did you get here? Probably in your car. Right? You have shoes on. We're not all sitting in here naked. Like, we was money. Was, thank goodness. But it was, you know, it was money. Right? Money's at the, it's, just, it's like the thing that's in the very background. That's slow. That's kind of like, you know, it's like Puppet Master back there. Okay, but like we can't just allow that thing to take over us. We actually have to, we are supposed to be commanding it. It's very important. There's a statistic uh, that I was looking up that I, I really don't like, but I'm going to share it anyways. So it says um, 5% of Christian Americans tithe. 5%. There's millions of Christians in the United States. I mean, if you look at the, you know, the raw data, it's like 90% of us, which isn't true. But you know what I mean? Five percent of Christians in the United States tithe. Here's the, here's the thing though. That's actually not tithe. You guys know what the tithe means? Ten. Okay, ten percent. Okay, it says five percent of American Christians tithe. Of that, I'm sorry. Five percent of Christian Americans tithe. Of that five percent. Okay, so five percent, eighty percent. So eighty percent of the five give two percent to God. Two percent. That's not tithe. That's a, that's a, uh, you're giving a percentage, that's an offering, right? That's 2%. 2%. Guys, that is not a lot. That's not a lot at all. And you gotta imagine, like, all the churches that are in the United States and stuff like that, even us and stuff, like, think about all the churches you see and stuff like that. That is literally from 80% only giving 2%. Right? The problem with that is, is that like, if we're going to change things, it actually takes money. I'm not talking about so that we can have more money so we can big builder buildings and, and do all this crazy stuff. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about there's things in the world, there's tons of Christian missionaries and stuff like that going over. That could, there's, there's world hunger that could be literally solved in a snap if all the Christians in the United States, if, if even all of, its, all of everything you see, all the Christian missionary stuff you see right now, all the stuff that we do with, um, with drilling wells and stuff like that in Africa, like everything we do trying to like redevelop countries and help them and do all these things, all the sex trafficking stuff that, that um, Adam, I love that you share that stuff all the time. It's, I celebrate it a lot. Um, Destiny Rescued is an amazing thing in, um, in it's not Indonesia, it's um, 
Cambodia, Cambodia. And Philippines. Yep, They're Philippines. They save these young girls out of sex trafficking and stuff like that. But a lot of times they have to buy them. They buy their freedom. That takes money. Okay? They're, and they do amazing. It's like, I don't know, like 40, 50 sometimes. Like, I mean, like, I know big chunks sometimes um, they're able to do, which is incredible. But they're able to do all of that on 2% of 5%. Right? There's an issue. If being generous is actually part of, like, who we are, if it's actually part of, like, walking with Jesus, if we get to follow God and, and like, having a planned generosity as part of us, we're really, we're missing something. The other sad part is, is that over, over the course of, like, you know, the past century, so American wages have gone way up, right? Giving's actually gone down. We give less than we ever did. You guys remember, like, you can watch old movies and stuff like that, and you see it, like, um, in, in different stuff, like history books and stuff. Like, do you know who took care of all the orphanages and all the soup kitchens and all that stuff back in the day? It wasn't the government. It was us. It was us. You know, and so something, there's just, there's just a disconnect. And I'm not saying we're doomed. Come on, guys. Like, it's not like, we're not, we're not doomed. Jesus is the light of the stinking world. Okay? He didn't die so that all this can just go to hell in a handbasket. Okay? We've we got to let go of that thing. Like, you know, as soon as you turn on the light, darkness flees. Right? That's what he says. I'm not worried about all this stuff. What, what we've got to do, though, we've got to get, like, hungry to actually change some of this stuff, though. We've got to be willing to push, to push some boundaries of what, what we've, what's become acceptable in Christianity. And I understand, I am by no means, we said that guilt and shame thing, none of this is for you to be like, oh my gosh, well, I can't give 10%, like, I'm just a terrible person. That's not true. You've just been misguided. Right? You just didn't know. God has grace for that. But don't stay there. Right? We can get our budgets in order, and you don't have to give 10%. Like, I mean, eventually, do I think you should 100% move your life into a place where you can give 10%? Absolutely. And I don't think that should be your goal. That should be the floor. In the Old Testament, that's what they gave. That was standard, 10%. 10% was standard. Well, we don't live in the Old Testament anymore, do we? We've been given way more than they ever got. 10% is a floor we stand on. It's not a goal I'm going towards. I'm not going up for 10% of what they had to do. I can give 90%. I don't know if I want to do that. But... That's, that's why you do it. And I'm not saying God wants to take all your money either. Everybody's worried. We were talking about last week, right, holding your hand open. Like it's having that, that closed fist thing, right? Like all, you just opening up your finances to God saying, Lord, if you need something from me, just ask, please. Like I'll give it to you. It's just living in a life in submission. He's not a bad dad. He doesn't want to take all your cash and go spend it on booze. You know what I mean? I'm trying to think, think of like, think about some of your families that borrow money from you and stuff like that. Like I mean, I'm trying to get all the dynamics in here. Right? It's all the stuff. He's not like anyone else we, that takes money from us. He's not like the banks. Okay? He's not like our credit card companies. He's a good dad. And he actually takes, and you know what he does? He puts things back. With interest, actually. I want to read some promises. Because the second part of Proverbs 3, 9 through 10, um, it actually goes into um, talking about, there's a promise with this thing. It's not just about being obedient. It's not just about having your hand open. It's about him saying, hey, I'll give back to you. Like, if you actually do this thing for me, if you actually submit to me and honor me with this and say, hey, I trust you more than I trust myself, money is the only thing that we actually get to play God with, like, the most. you understand that? Because with money in this world, we can actually create our own little paradise. We don't need him. Right? Until it comes to the big stuff, and then we find out we need him. Okay? But for the most part, we can create our own little worlds. We get to play God. We get to provide for ourselves. We get to provide for our families. Right? We get to pay for, for health stuff. If we break a leg, we, can, we don't need healing or him to do anything. We can just go to the doctor, right? Like, there's all these things. We can, take, we can feed ourselves. We, we don't need him. We can take care of it. 
until we can't. So it's not. It's it's, it's about having a hand open, um, but it has it, it's direction of the promise. So it says, uh, "Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine." That ten percent thing, he he does way more with the, the our ninety percent than we'd ever do with hundred. Right? It's just understanding that thing. It's just understanding, and it's it, his math doesn't work out. I'm just I'm gonna be honest. Hundred percent, God's math is His own. It doesn't work. Has anybody ever been like like you felt like God told you to give and you didn't you didn't have the money to do it, but you told He told you to do it, and so you did it anyways, and like somehow at the end of the month you had money. Yep. Hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. I want to read these. I want to read these scriptures. I want to go back into that. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Proverbs 11, 24 through 25. I'm saying this one because we'll never get there. Um, one person gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. This is in Luke 6. This is a New Testament one. Okay? So you may be like, ah, oh, that's just Old Testament stuff. That's no, not true. I want this one though. All the other ones are cool, but I like this one. Give it and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured onto your lap. Right? He's not a selfish God. Not. He wants to give you way more. He just wants you to trust him with it. He incentivizes us really well to give. He really does. And I want to make sure, too, I don't think you guys have to give to the church. All, I, think, I think most of your, I'm sorry, I don't think you have to give all of your 10% or whatever you're choosing to go to the church. I just don't. There's not a lot of evidence for that. You should support your local church. If you're part of this family, 100%. Right? It costs, it costs money to, like, to have the lights on and stuff like that and to do things and for us to pour out to the community. But if you give seven and your other three goes to like some other like ministry or something else that you feel like God's laying on your heart, they need money too. We can't be selfish in this thing. It's not all just about us. Like and the gospel still needs to be presented. You still need to push for like kingdom. Okay. So as you're bringing, if you're if you're taking money to like the animal shelter and stuff like that, you need to pray for those people, right? Because money changes things. There's there's all kinds of there's all kinds of hurt in the world, and it, it needs it needs funding in order to get healed up. Okay, we need to be aware of that and push into that stuff. There's no reason for, I mean, like, guys, if, if God is who he says he is, if he says, hey, like, if you give and I'll pour back into your lap, I'll pour back way more than you ever thought possible, if that's true, no one should be in want, right? We're actually, we're actually meant to benefit the world because we're meant to show his love, and it's by his love they, they actually want him because they see the love that we have or they see the connection we have. They see the confidence that we share. Right? Because if I'm able to give and I have confidence that my dad's actually going like, to like take care of me, and it's not me controlling my life, it's, it's him controlling my life, why wouldn't they want that? They're just as stressed out about money, about money as we are. Right? Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will, be no, there will not be room enough to store it. Something I want to encourage you guys to, because like, so me and Anna have not been tithing um, like our whole 
lives together and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's like within the past six years. When I first met Jesus, no one talked to me about it and stuff like that. I didn't know that it was an important thing, so I just didn't do it. Um, but six years ago, we had when we were at Vineyard on the south side of South Bend, uh, Mark Pope was doing a message and talking about like testing God in this. Like, hey, like if this is these these scriptures exist, they're, they're numerous. There's way more than just this. There's promises attached to this stuff. If you trust God with your finances, um, and he he encouraged like, hey, why don't you test him? See if it works. And so we decided to tithe, and we did it. We said we'll do it for two months. We'll we'll give ten percent. We'll see what happens. And um, the money the money really wasn't like because we weren't focusing on our budget. The money really wasn't there. But the money, it always worked out, and there was always some random check in the mail. Right? I, I, I don't know. Like, all I can tell you is my experience. And I know who's, and you guys, raise your hand. You've had that experience. You've trusted God's finances, and it always worked out. Right? It does. It always works out. And so I encourage you, if you're on the fence about this stuff, you need a testament. In it. And I'm not telling you you have to give 10%, because a lot of you guys might not be in that situation where you can give 10%. Right? Because your finances aren't in order to do it. What do you need to do first? You need to get your finances in order. Right? Next time we do a class and stuff like that, and there's no guilt in finances, guys. We gotta get this guilt and shame thing away. Like, screw that stuff. Okay? Because all that's gonna do is keep us in the same place. We have to be open. Like, hey, I'm openly struggling with this. How can I get better? That's the only way we're gonna get better. Okay? And it also lets us know when we need to do another financial peace class. Okay? Or another financial class just to do something to help you guys because we don't know what you're dealing with unless you say it. So we got to live this life open. If we're going to do community as family, we actually have to do it as family, and family doesn't hide secrets from each other. Okay? It's that stuff that you hide in secret, that's what, that's what hurts you the most. And then no one can actually partner with you and help you. you got to be vocal about this stuff. And if you don't like that, I'm sorry, that's the kingdom. That's what he came to do. He came to, he came to get rid of all secrets and all, like, all, all stuff that you don't want to expose to the light. He loves doing that because that's where we find healing. So here's the point. Be generous, guys. Get your life in order. Get your finances in order. Like, don't spend the next, like, 50 years, like, not being able to give or do stuff because you refuse to take care of your finances. Okay? If you need, if you need help on some of that stuff, we have plenty of resources. We have some resources that um, Jeremy actually brought um, and put on the shelf back there. If you need stuff, like, let us know. We can walk through. We can help. We can help you build budgets. We can help show you how we do stuff. Okay? No one's perfect at this. Hey, me and Anna go over our budget all the time. Okay? But at least we have one, and it keeps us in line, right? It's just, it's important. we got to stop act treating this stuff like it's not important. It's very important, because the world is counting on us. They don't have anyone else besides us, right? Jesus, Jesus like, died and rose again and went to heaven and said, okay, guys, I'll put my spirit in you so you can take care of him, right? That's what he did. Jesus doesn't walk around just taking care of people by himself. He chooses to do it through us. That's what he wants, and so we have to do it. And understand too, this is not this is this is biblical protocol. This is what Christians, this is what a Christian like should look like. If I'm not saying if you choose not to give, if you choose to live your life that way, I'm not saying you're not going to heaven. That's not what we're talking about. Like get rid of that thing. <clears throat> right? This isn't law. This is about what, what what God has actually made available for you to do. He's made it available for you to live a generous life. And who doesn't want to live that? Who doesn't want to be the person who's able to write a check to some single mom who just needs, who needs some help, right? Or to kids who need lunches. We all want to do that. We should, at least. But we got to keep that thing in front of us. Okay, worship team, come up. We're moving to ministry time. 
Jeremy, Adam, you, you, you have something for... I'm going to take a nap. Either of you guys have a word for like a ministry. You got something? Okay. So what we're going to do is, what we do is, we kind of get going into worship. And um, I'm just not, I'm not going to leave ministry time. Jeremy's going to leave it. And so he's just been listening and stuff like that, trying to trying to feel the spirit and stuff and, and hear what maybe God needs for her stuff on and stuff like that. And so um, we're just going to push in. So Jesus, right now, I pray that you just um, bless this next these next moments, God. And help us just to lay ourselves before you, God. We don't want to hide anything anymore, God. We don't want to hold on to anything anymore, Lord. God, you get to see it all anyways, even when we think we're hiding it. So help us just to be wise and just to, to give it to you now, Lord. Bring healing, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Alright, just um actually guys go ahead and stand up. Stand up. I just feel like um as as listening to West morning. I know I'm just going to kind of reflect a little bit in my own life a little bit. Um, I know in the past, when it comes to money stuff, you know, I've, I've, we've tried and we've failed at times. And there's always a, a, a feeling of like guilt and shame and almost like we got to catch up. Right? Jesus doesn't hold debts. That's not who Jesus is. Jesus forgives debts. And so if that's, I, I just feel like there might be people that are hanging on to something and this might not just be money things, okay? This might be addictions. This might be um, attitudes, hard feelings. This might be just your relationship with Jesus, right? Where you just kind of decided, like, I, I'm, I'm not really going to follow them right now. It's not up to us to fix everything before we approach him. That's what I was hearing. It's not up to us to fix it before we approach you. The vineyard has a saying, come as you are, but don't stay as you are. So here's your chance this morning to not stay as you are. There's an open call to come. Be with Jesus, right? Be with Jesus in your relationships. Be with Jesus in your relationship with Him, primarily. But in your relationship with others, in your relationship with Things of this world, objects. I'm, I'm talking about addiction type stuff here, right? Some of those addictions, some of those relationships need to be severed. And you do that by coming to Jesus with that. And it's also a time to come to Jesus with your finances and, and that. Okay? Jesus isn't holding debts. You don't have to pay back like the last year's worth that you weren't paying your tithe. Or whatever it is. You need to come to Him in the moment. Come as you are, but don't stay as you are. Just pray with me real quick. Jesus, we thank you for being a good God. We thank you for paying our debts. Right now, I just ask that you just speak to everybody in this room. Share with them what is what it is that they're holding on to, right? What we talked about last week. God, right now, I just pray for a release of what they feel is a debt to you. We thank you for being able to come as we are. In 